Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with MedTech leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Deezer. Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Today, our guest is Tomas Iglesias, CEO and co-founder of Zubia, Latin America's largest digital health marketplace, a platform that connects digital health online services with users that need them. Currently in 25 countries with more than 400,000 visitors in 10 months from launch. So Tomas, it's great to have you here today. Welcome to the show. Hi, Julio. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Awesome, Tomás. So let's get started with your journey to um, Latin America, Mexico. You are from Mexico. You live in Mexico. But how is it that you got involved with Zubia or what what you're doing today? Well, all right. Uh, well, uh, hello to everyone listening. Uh, well, I'm Dr. Tomás Iglesias. I'm actually actually a physician, uh, self-taught uh, front-end and, uh, developer, software developer. So... Here's my story. So uh, ever since since I was a child, uh, I've lived all, all my life here in Mexico. I've always loved to help people, you know, that, like that I feel like my mission in life is helping others. That's why I, I studied medicine. Uh, and I also always loved uh, technology. So uh, when I graduated, uh, I was like fascinated with all the, the advances in technology, you know, like uh, the iPhone, the BlackBerry, and, and smartphones, and, and everything around technology and how it was being used in, in, in the medical field. So I got super curious, and I made it my own mission to enter the industry, like to, to see how, how we could enter the, the industry. So uh, we created first an electronic record uh, for my fellow physicians here in Mexico. Uh, it was uh, super interesting to learn about about uh, the, the industry. You you always think it's gonna be easy, like to launch a, a platform and you're gonna put it online and everybody is gonna buy it. And 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 you, uh, well, myself and and a lot of other entrepreneurs uh, have learned the hard way that you need to know about sales. You you have to make a, a large sales effort. Uh, then. Uh, our electronic record uh, did good. It, it was like uh, it was a good year. It, we launched on 2019. Then in 2020, well, COVID hit, so that's when we made our first pivot. Uh, we created a, a self-assessment app to detect uh, suspected cases of COVID-19. This is what put us like on, on the map because we reached 194 countries, had around 24 million users, and that was the first time we created a platform that helped connect people in need with other platforms that actually had the personnel to help them with the telemedicine and teleconsultation platforms. So that's how we, we arrived to the idea of investigating this, this opportunity. Uh, I got to know, uh, I, I created the uh, Mexico's largest uh, health tech community. So I'm like super involved in the industry. And we started uh, talking with, with the other platforms, you know, and, Mainly, everybody has, not everyone, but most of them have a hard time reaching the, the end user, you know, like, like the patient. They are great apps. I mean, uh, I, I've seen so, so, some of your shows and I saw recently Hello Doctor uh, with Kakobo and, 
and and it's a great app uh, and as and as hello doctor there are a lot of great apps out there but people we people i, I include myself sometimes uh are I can't say afraid, but but we have this this barrier uh, to use new technology or, or new apps, you know. So what we thought about with Subia was how can we help everyone that's helping reach their end user, you know. So with Subia, uh, the digital health providers find a place to to promote their apps. So that they have like a physical space, like in our page. And we create different campaigns, like educational campaigns for patients, like short videos, like on TikTok, on Instagram Reels, you know, like, hey, you can use this, you know, like, hey, if you're in need uh, of, of, of talking with, with a physician, you can do it online here, you know. And it was actually amazing, like, why all of Latin America, we, we thought about it for Mexico, but it's kind of hard, like, to... to <laughs> To set barriers like on digital platforms, like we 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 can't so easily control that people from other countries enter the platform. So we said like, hey, let's leave it open. So uh, it has been an amazing journey. We, we're gonna be on our uh, having our first anniversary on September, and we've reached almost a half a million users in twenty five countries. And we focus on Latin America because, uh, well, we. We have seen that the health tech systems in, in Latin America, uh, most of them don't have the, the capacity to, to, to give attention to the whole population. And I firmly believe that, that a way to help these, health, uh, these healthcare systems is through technology. And again, uh, I've known around 300 different digital health apps. Uh, I know there are around 54,000 uh, health apps just in Latin America. So uh, I think everybody has the same idea. Uh, it's on the, on the right path. And we just became like this uh, channel or, or bridge to help them connect with their end users, you know? Wow. So you, you guys are a platform of, a platform for platforms, in other words. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> all right. That's a, that's a very interesting, very intriguing concept. All right. So let's talk about trends. What's happening in Mexico, in Latin America? Uh, what trends do you see that are relevant to our discussion about uh, health tech uh, today? Well, uh, the first and I think most important is uh, people got accustomed or, or, or got, uh, got uh, used to using uh, digital health apps. You know, that, like COVID accelerated everything, everything for everyone. And people now feel more... Co comfortable uh, using health apps and well that's good for, for digital health providers but one of the most important trends I think it's uh, that I've seen here in Mexico and, and a lot of, of of countries in Latin America is first of all creating alliances between digital health plat uh, digital health platforms uh, everybody started to understand that okay uh, I have the capacity to build a super app like I can be a teleconsultation, an electronic health record. I can have uh, artificial intelligence, uh, a chatbot, but that's going to take me around 20 years and I don't know how many millions of dollars to create, you know? So what happens if I talk with someone that's in the industry that does kind of the same thing as I do and let's see if we can collaborate. I've seen that happening a lot. It, it makes me like super happy because people 
like like the digital health providers are starting to to create these alliances in lieu or like in, in to, to generate more opportunity to 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 give a better health uh, care for for people who need it, you know. Uh, so people are using the health apps. Health apps are collabor- are collaborating between them, and the other part is like corporation and industries have started to to consume these apps like like in a matter that are beneficial or benefits for their collaborators you know for, for their for, for their employees you know like clients for employees okay yeah yeah for, for, for the employees so so I mean you work in this company and and you may have like uh, I don't know a health insurance but besides that yeah besides that hey you have you can freely use this app that connects you with you the have benefits yeah and these benefits include Access to this app, to this service, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and the company covers the cost, so so it actually helps a lot. Like, and indirectly helps like the the whole health in in the country because many companies are absorbing this cost and giving their employees like free use of apps like for mental health, for specialists like dermatologists, like second opinion gynecologists. So so. That's a big, big trend that, that, that I've seen, uh, and it's helped a lot of, of the digital health apps like to enter more markets. And again, it's like a, a, a kudos for the corporations that, that started doing this because, uh, I mean, they are helping. Maybe they don't even know the impact that, that that's having in, in, in the health of, of people, like of their employees, but, but it's making a great change, you know, that, like, a lot of people are, are starting to use like mental health apps, online apps that probably wouldn't have used them if the company did, didn't told them like, hey, I got you this for free, so feel free to use it. And people, it's like, hey, when they're feeling down, when they're stressed, they enter the app, they talk with a psychologist, psychiatrist, and their mental health improves. So that's a big, big trend I've seen uh, happening primarily in Mexico, but I've I've known and I've heard that that in the whole Latin America, uh, it's happening now. Yeah, you're totally right. I think uh, the pandemic uh, made everybody to adopt newer technologies, probably developed or advanced the use of technology in Latin America probably three, five years, something like that. So, so yeah, I'm very glad to, 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 to see that uh, that's happening in the region. And, and also uh, the adoption of cell phones. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, people don't have landlines anymore. Everybody has a cell phone now. It's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing that I hear a lot is um, that the cell phone is a new clinic. The cell phone is a new clinic. That is really the, the major, a major development in the, in the healthcare industry uh, where people are now used to using their cell phone to access healthcare services, right? So Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I've heard a term like virtual clinic, like you as a physician can actually have a, literally like a clinic without having a, a, a physical space, you know, like you can have this telemedicine platform, this uh, scheduling platform, uh, this electronic health record, and you can start talking with patients like without uh, having an establishment. It's like super amazing. And yeah, people now, uh, for many many things, I mean, like uh, for uh, for me as a physician, and I know, like, if there are any physicians li- li- listening to this one, uh, 
a lot of people use instant messaging uh, messaging for consultations. You know, it's like it's like a super common practice now that. Friends of friends, cousins of a friend, you know, like your own family. It's like, hey, you know, I've been, I've been having headaches uh, three days in a row now. So, uh, what do you recommend? You know, so uh, yeah, it's like uh, people. It's the first option. I mean, come, what comes to mind is the first option is like saying you want a, a soda, you you are thirsty. The first thing that comes to mind is Coke, right? Coca Cola. Uh, so now if you're, you have a headache for three days in a row, the first thing that comes to mind is let's see what app is available for me to talk to a doctor. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or directly, if you have like directly the, the physician's uh, phone number, they message you and, well, me, I'm like, I promote other apps. So it's like, hey, sounds great, but please enter like this app and, and talk with a with with a healthcare professional that's like dedicated to that, you know. All right. So, Tomas, let's talk about what you're doing today. Uh, let's talk about challenges. I mean, how difficult or easy was to get to where you are today? What challenges you faced in your journey? All right. Well, uh, the health the health industry is a is a super different industry. I mean, uh, it's a it's a whole other ballpark uh, and the health tech industry like technology for health it's yet another it's it's another world completely you know it's like another universe uh, here in Latin America what we uh, mainly in Mexico what we had a hard time you know it's uh, finding uh, mentors finding a, a real community uh, like that that's why I ended up creating the the, uh, the largest community called health X because uh, having a startup is is super lonely, <laughs> to be honest. It's like you, you can't speak with anyone about what you're doing. They don't understand you. Having a startup in the health tech industry is way more lonely than, than anything I've ever done in my life. So Not even your mother or your aunts. They, they understand what you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, no. My, my family, I think that they barely understood what I'm doing, like, I'm not kidding, like two months ago, and we're, we're about to hit like the 12 month anniversary. So it's like. <laughs> and, and I'm sure they criticize you a lot. They're like, you're a doctor. You should be in a hospital. You should be full of blood. You should be seeing patients. <laughs> yeah. At, at, at first, yeah, until they saw how, how geek I was. Like, I love all the computers and I'm like all the time talking about computer and computer programming. So yeah, that they, they came to accept it. But yeah, one of the main challenges here, it's like finding this community because, uh, you're going to make mistakes, you know, like we all make mistakes all the time, like, like leading companies and everything. And it's sometimes hard. Like if, if you don't have anyone to talk about these mistakes, you know, like we've got like accelerators and incubators here in, in our country, like are super good for different industries, like for the fintech industry and, but like for health, they're not so specialized. So. Yeah, that, that, that was a hard time. And, and finding this community uh, was one of the first, like, like creating the community, like, like I started being honest, like, like something that, that characterizes my, my person is I, I'm fully honest all the time. I, I, I'm a terrible poker player. Terrible, I can't lie. So so being honest with everyone, like, hey, you know, I'm about to go bankrupt and, and I don't know what I'm doing. And, and everybody is like, hey, I'm also about to go bankrupt, and I don't know. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
it started to, to unite us and, and we started talking with each other. Right now in our community, we are around 30, 30 uh, between startups, scale-ups and enterprises. And we have a waiting list of about 40. So, wow. And, and, and that was like the biggest challenge because starting to talk with each other, you know, like, hey, I'm not doing so hot. How are you doing? And and you have to, to let go of the ego and everything like, like, I'm doing great. You know, it's like, no, hey, man, I'm not doing so good also. So, hey, you know what? I tried this, but it didn't work. Hey, let's try another thing. So it's helping us like all the all, all the operators of, of, the, of the digital health apps and platforms to uh, minimize the mistakes we're making, uh, uh, create these collaborations I, I, I was telling you about in the beginning. And it opens the doors like for more clients, you know, because now it's kind of easier. Like if I have this client and, and I know this person and you come to me like, hey, you know, I have this app and, and I'm looking to enter this hospital. So, hey, let me pitch it like to, to this client and, and let me see how it goes. You know, sometimes it goes great. Like, hey, you know, like I, I talked to the client and he's like super interesting. He, here's his contact. That's true. Call him. Sometimes it's like, hey, you know, like right now is not the right time. But that reduces also like the costs uh, for everyone, like to go chasing between clients and everything. So the first obstacle I think was that, and and I, for me it was like the biggest obstacle, you know, like and for many and for for many of us I think, like to let go of the ego and start communicating and collaborating, and it's still hard. I mean, uh, me as as the leader of the community, and and I always tell the community like, hey, the community is yours, you know, like. Like I'm not the president, and and there's no, like, that <laughs> you you don't. You're need just a facilitator. To... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to sign something in the name of the community, go ahead. You don't need me at all. So, creating that and generating that and and helping everyone feel like, hey, this is a safe haven for everyone, and and you can freely speak, obviously, like with respect and tolerance, but like you can freely speak about what, what you think. It's generated a lot of like great discussions. It generated again like alliances. It generated new products. So that's that was the main obstacle that we've seen, and I've seen it in, in whole Latin America that there's a lack of these health tech communities. You know, like we 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 try to focus our community on Mexico, like a Mexican community, but we've had so much interest of of the whole Latin America area, like to join the community. Uh, to a point that, that my answer is like, hey, I'd love to, but let me organize our country first. Like, like we, we're like, because if we start uh, like going big, it's going to get out of hand. Uh, I mean, right now we're 28 or 30 active members and it's crazy, you know, that like there are 30 minds, 30 persons, 30 families, 30 services, 30 goals, dreams. So how can we align everyone, you know? I think that's the biggest challenge, but it's been working so far. And through Suvia, actually, uh, like uh, we, we've been able to learn a lot about the community and help the community. And I think everyone ha has gotten like uh, a great uh, feedback about what needs to be done. And, and, and we've seen, and I'm super happy and proud, like we've seen like the whole health community, Mexican and Latin American community grow. And mainly all of the products and services grow, you know, like on sales and get more brand recognition and more clients. And 
because at the end that helps uh, the health uh, the, the, the healthcare systems. Excellent. So, Tomas, let's talk about financing um, health tech uh, companies, startup companies in Mexico or in Latin America. I mean, are there challenges there? I mean, are there investors willing to finance companies like yours? No, like there are like uh, a limited amount of, of investors in Mexico and in Latin America that are willing to take the, the leap on the, on the health tech industry. Uh, it's been growing. Yeah, it's been growing. I, I've seen like a lot of investors uh, with new interest, like on, on the health tech uh, industry. Uh, I think it goes both ways uh, on, 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 on which we as startups and, and a lot of startups uh, have a have been learning a lot like it's a it's a large uh, learning curve so uh, it's uh, for the investors uh there's a minimal amount of startups that have uh achieved like investment here in latin america uh and i hope that trend uh, that that trend grows you know like uh, a lot of us like in mexico it's much easier to apply for uh like funding in the U.S. or or Europe than in our in our own country or, or other uh, countries in Latin America. But but again, uh, it's growing. You you know, it's like uh, we've seen different uh, venture funds that are specialized on health tech, and and they're starting like with with small amounts of twenty five to fifty k. You know, uh, others of two hundred k for ten percent of the of the company, but. We've seen a, a like a trend of of growth on that, and hopefully, it it grows more on on the next years. It, it will, I, I think it will. I mean, it's a slow process, and, and I've seen the evolution. Uh, I've been living in the U.S. for over twenty five years, and I've seen the evolution of the startup ecosystem in Latin America. In 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 uh, years ago, when I was growing up in Colombia, nobody use the word startup. I mean, the word startup didn't even exist in the Spanish language. <laughs> now it's a common thing everybody knows. Anybody from the streets knows what a startup is. So there is a newer startup mentality in Latin America, probably in the past 10 years, something like that has been advancing more rapidly. And and as you said, I mean, little by little, more investors are getting familiar with the space and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, but but it's exciting. It's it's really exciting. I think it also is is um is is a little bit of pressure from the 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 World Bank, uh, from OGDE, from the uh, Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, and in Spanish is OGDE, and in, in in English is OECD. Uh, they want countries to diversify their economies, and they have uh, put pressure on governments to to create or or to incentivize the beginning of a startup mentality in, in, in the country. Because smaller business drive the economy and, and, and employ people and all that. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a major trend in Latin America. So, yeah. Any yeah, other, yeah. Any, I'm sorry to interrupt. Any other challenges that you're facing that you, that you see other people's face, for example? Well, uh, the... One of the main challenges we had, like on the beginning, like like as I told you, we pivoted like, like a lot of times uh, until we we found this this real uh, real solution to a real problem. You know, it's like one of the main challenges we all face. Uh, I believe every product is a great product. 
to, to, to be honest, like uh, we need all the help we, we can in the, in the health industry, in the health tech industry. But one of the main obstacles is like uh, making the infamous product market fit. You know, it's like that. That's another term that, that everybody throws around. Uh, and, and it's super important, you, you know, like, hey, you have a great product, but maybe this, this part of the population, it's not interested, but this part is, you know, it's like, how can you reach this one? And it's, and you know, as, as a startup, so sometimes you, you have like a limited amount of money, like all the time. It's like, uh, well, you always have a little, <laughs> a minimal amount of money. So you have to act like really fast. You have to iterate really fast. Uh, uh, again, like, like what something that's helped us as, as a community, like, it's like, Hey, uh, communicating like all of our mistakes, you know, like, Hey, I've tried this. So this doesn't work. You know, it's like, like, don't try this right now. Like, <laughs> so yeah, the, the product market fit is like, like one of the hardest and most challenging thing. Once you, you have it and, and, and people are like, okay, you know, like, like, uh, I'm going to start paying, uh, for your product. It's like everything just starts to roll. Uh, one of the main problems I, I personally had is, uh, understanding that vicious cycle of, uh, I don't sell because I, I don't have money to develop my app, but since I can't develop my app, I can't sell. That's an, yeah, yeah, it's, it's an unknown problem that, that you want to, you want to like, Put function after function after upgrade after update everything you want, and honestly, I've seen people with like literally like a landing page made on WordPress that goes out and sells. And sells you know, it's like like you should try that that uh, to create that MVP, like like a, a really useful MVP, and, and just like have like really clearly what your product, yeah, MVP, yeah, mm-hmm. and. And the other part is, is uh, I, I think it, it scares a lot of us. Like it, it scares to, to talk about health, you know. Like uh, when when I started started in this industry, like uh, I I saw a, a lot of like uh, other health tech startups, you know, like uh, their pitch decks were like, "Hey, I'm doing this platform for I don't know, like uh, geriatric uh, telemedicine." And you've seen the pictures like the happy old grandpa with the grandsons and, and like, yeah, like, like everybody's happy and everybody kind of hated me like, like hearing <laughs> because my pitch decks were like, Hey, we're not working in this industry for, for the healthy people, you know, like we work for everyone, but this is the reality, you know, like the old person that's abandoned, like in the hospital, the old person that his grandchild is taking care of, of him because you know, like the reality is like different, you know, like, and, and that was like, like super hard, like, like transmitting this message to, to everyone. And, and I think like everyone in the industry, uh, understand this. Everyone outside the industry doesn't understand this so well. Uh, and they don't have to, to, to be honest. Like, like, uh, I mean, as a physician and every physician hearing this, I, I know you'll, you'll agree with me. You see a lot of things that not a lot of human beings see, you know, in, in their lifetimes. Uh, you see people die. You see people like really sick. You see children with cancer. That that's one of the most horrible things I, I've ever. I, I I don't know. You know, like 
it's it's super hard everything you you get to know but but it's important that that people know that uh health apps and and the health tech industry works for everyone you know and and we have everyone in mind all the time all of the time we're working non-stop some of us don't even sleep like uh uh, until we know our apps are helping the people that need it, uh, we we work with our heart uh, in a, in a, in our sleep. Most of us, mo- most of the, I mean, uh, again, I've talked to around three hundred startup scaleups that that do this, like all kind of platforms, and I can tell you, like three hundred, I've met three hundred people that that think alike. Like, hey, my mission in life is is to help. You know, that like I want my app to to get to those you need, you know, like, like, even though it's a platform, uh, specialized for women or, uh, like, uh, breast cancer, you know, like we, we don't know what she's experiencing, but the people who created the app does and can help her, uh, people with mental health apps, you know, like, uh, I, I'm, I myself, I'm a, I'm a mental health patient, you know, I suffer from depression and stress and, and, and I use these apps and, and they help me a lot. So, that that message like to to transmit that message uh that i i've heard like i've strongly heard, heard it and directly heard heard it from 300 people and again there's like 48 to 50,000 or 54,000 health apps active right now in Latin America i can assure you that 54,000 persons at least like not, not talking about the whole teams at least feel the same way. So that is kind of difficult to, to transmit. That, that's one big obstacle, I think. And, and that's what it, we, we've been trying to achieve with Subia, like to put a face on these apps, you know, that, like, hey, these apps are people working for you. These apps are people working for people, you know, like also for, for the investors, you know, that, like for, for them to help them facilitate the, the understanding. Uh, that's what we... That, that, that's one of the main obstacles that, that we faced lately, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, Tomas, let's talk about the regulatory framework uh, in Mexico or any other country in Latin America that you can speak of. Um, but um, the reason I ask this is because uh, these apps or health tech is a new thing in Latin America. And now there's a new concept called software as a medical device. So a lot of these apps are in the gray area. Right, they they diagnose, they do the work of a medical device with software on a cell phone. So, what can you say about that? I mean, how's the evolution of the regulatory framework in Mexico around these apps? Well, in Mexico and many countries in Latin America, I mean, the the regulations have been advancing uh, really fast, really really fast in 2020. Uh, as you said, it's like we, we are hearing new terminology, you know, like teleconsultation, telemedicine, and and, and mostly they help uh, us like guidelines, like like good practice guidelines, you know, like, hey, well, your app has to be like on a secure server, you know, hey, you can't like transmit a patient's data this way. Hey, there's confidential data, you know, so we've seen a lot of a, a lot of governments like, like I've seen more, more directly here in Mexico that. Uh, there's been advancement, like like uh, the, there was some modification on some uh, regulations that to include that. Hey, you know, like 
Seller consultations include this, 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 and this, you know, like uh, it, it does not include, like it's not a consultation per se because it does not have the physical exploration, but it's like an orientation uh, via online, you know, and and they've helped a lot of, a, a lot of like, uh, uh, like physicians and, and other apps like have a guideline, you know, like, like because sometimes you are just blindly moving forward, like, hey, you know, like, in common sense, you know, you, you make your app safe. You, you obviously like, like choose a cloud server that, that's safe and, and whatsoever. But we've seen advancement. Uh, uh, I think like in the next years, we're, we're going to see like uh, more and more advancement. But yeah, I mean, it was like a new, a new playing field for everyone, you know, like suddenly just <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, uh, it has become kind of like the Wild West. It's a lawless land in a way. And regulators have to catch up with the industry, with the new developments. Because anybody can come up with an app and it's impossible for corporate freeze or for the Ministry of Health to be on top of every single app that gets released on, on the Apple Store or the Play Store. So, and, and they may be medical devices. I mean, they may be trying to diagnose diseases and stuff. Or to treat, uh, they may be therapeutic uh, apps. So anyway, I just wanted to 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 um, throw this out, and because it's a hot topic right now, and we're gonna see a lot more of this happening. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, uh, it's it's like uh, it's a work in progress. I think right now, as you said, it's like right now it's kind of lawless, but I mean, most 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 of the apps I've known, uh, they are like, I mean. Just by common sense, you know, that like you yeah. do things yeah. by the rule. But yeah, I, I think in the next years, like as you said, like the, the, like the re- regulatory organisms have been needing to catch up to the technology. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Tomas, it's, it's uh, about uh, time to finish our conversation. It's been a delightful uh, chat here with you. I, I thank you so much for being on our podcast uh, today. I I learned so much from every speaker, and you're not the exception. And uh, thank you again for being here. No, thank you for the invitation. I mean, I, I really like the, your content of, of the podcast. It's like super, super great. Honestly, it's super needed. Like like these these uh, podcasts are uh, one of the only ways to to get our our mission statement out there. You know, and to try to help each other and to learn about each other. You know, like as you said, like everyone that has been here knows something different than anyone else and it's like super cool like to hear all the episodes and learn like learn just keep on learning to to help others so thanks a lot for the invitation thank you for sharing your knowledge bye-bye have a great day take care bye